we will walk in Christ alone. This sword is for me. This sword is to be used on you and me. But seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. Why? Because we are not righteous. It is not my kingdom to lord over. It's his kingdom. And it's because of Christ's righteousness. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these things, all the truths, all the answers, all the practical needs will be given to you. Let's put him first. Seek first his kingdom. Like I love this in this quote from G.K. Chesterton last week. He says, when it comes to the life, the critical thing is whether you take things for granted or you take them with gratitude. Do we wake up in the morning and say, God, thank you for this day. Father, thank you that I get to mutter the Lord's Prayer on my knees today. Father, thank you that we have a church Father, I'm thankful for technology that allows that those that can't attend that are immune compromised, they get to attend from home and still be with us. Father, thank you that we have a city officials that we're not having to battle with if we can have church or not. Father, thank you that church and state are separate, right? That we have the freedom to worship, that we have free will. When it comes to life, the critical thing is whether you take things for granted or you take them with gratitude. What are we thankful for? Like, what are we thankful for? So, you guys know this when We've already done a series on it or a message on it, but I'm going to read it again. It's 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 28. It is, I call this the Be Thankful Scripture. So let me read it for us. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Can, can I say this is true in my heart? Can I say this is true in my head? Is this true of my words? Is this true of my feet? Am I rejoicing? Do I rejoice? Do people see me as someone who rejoices? Pray continually. Pray continually. This week, I, I just want to challenge you guys, and I'm jumping the gun, but it's on my heart. Like I, and I, I normally don't tell people when I'm fasting and praying. But as a church, if we're going to get through this year together, I believe it's going to call for some fasting and praying. I will be fasting this week. It'll be a juice fast. I don't feel that sorry for me. I'm not, I'm giving up steak and eggs, right? But a juice fast, like it's something where your body can get nutrients, but you still have that reminder of, of hey, you're hungry, right? Gosh, it's been a month since I've seen you guys. Forgive me. The point is to seek God. Sorry, I had a few people challenge me on masks this morning. We get a 90-day green card on whether we have to wear masks or not because we actually had COVID. And our household survived it, which is awesome. And I know people haven't. Um, so I'm not challenging the mask rule. I'm just asking for the free will to let people choose whether they want to wear masks or not. I think it's timely, though, because it's a reminder of, again, 
not out of defiance, and it's not out of, like, I love our local government and leadership. There's not a conviction in me as a man of God to put it on my face when I don't have to. And I ask that you just please give me grace in that as I try to walk and find the truth. And I also respect and have grace for those that wear masks. Our first responders, those who are immune compromised. I don't mean to bring this up. It's just been real even this morning. I want us to be unified as a church. In Christ alone. Amen. Let's be unified in Christ. Let's focus on the majors. Let me continue. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. But test them. Test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. This is, it's kind of a recap of last week, but this is like, it's amazing. It doesn't say you can do it because you have all the right answers. It doesn't say you can do it because you can get through it because you're a strong leader. It says the one who calls you is faithful and he, in Christ alone, he will do it. Like I love this because even back in the day where the Romans were oppressing, the government was oppressing the believers Right? Nothing like we even know of today. It was dark. It was trying. People were losing their lives because they were Christians, or at the very least, they were being persecuted and thrown in jail. And Paul's words are saying, hey, it's okay. And Christ alone, He will walk with you like He is with you. So the questions this morning, are we coming to God with thankfulness daily? Are you bringing Him all your desires, your dreams, as well as your needs, right? Your needs, the food, the rent, utilities. Like, I'm so thankful for our church and the generosity in this season. So many people have called upon us and said, is there any way you can help us provide for Christmas? Is there any way you can help us pay rent? And I am so thankful when we can do those things. And when, when we, on the other end of that line, get to say, yes, can I pray for you? Right? Because it's not just the rent payment. It's not just the bag of groceries that we get to drop off at the front door. It's can I share the hope of Christ with you? Can I pray with you? Seek first his kingdom. Be thankful. This next one, where we're at today, this week's message is called, guess, it, guess what it is? Be humble. Be thankful. Be humble. So here's a little lighthearted story, a fun story. So if you want to be humble, um, schedule a shooting day with, with somebody like Steve Sharon. <laughs> right? 
like we loaded the rifles in the back of the truck and and Steve said, hey, do you, do you, do you mind if we bring the tiny humans along today? And, and I said, absolutely, bro. And uh, we brought Mason and Dutch. And uh, so we pull up to their house. And, and so we're, we're starting to load in. Steve's got all of his gear ready in the hallway in the garage. And Britt's kind of scrambling around the house, pulling down Christmas. I think Jenny was there hanging out. And everyone's excited to show me their Christmas presents. And I'm looking at Batman gifts and Legos, and I'm looking at all this stuff. So we finally make it into the truck. I think it was a 20-minute ordeal to, like, finally get in the truck, right? And I, t- I told Steve, I said, you know what this feels like? It feels like we're about to go on the Clark Griswold's National Lampoon's, like, shooting day. And he said, dude, that's exactly what's about to happen. <laughs> so if you're thinking, like, precision shooting, like, groupings of a quarter, like, that, that's not going to happen today, except for when Steve shoots. And this is the humbling part. No matter what's going on around us, right? I'm looking at Mason and Dutch. They've got this Russian Afghani, like, 22 with, like, a uh, hundred like count magazine and I'm kidding and they're rifling four shots down the range each at a time and they're doing a good job taking turns but I think there's more negotiation about whose turn it was last and how many of the other ones shot more than there was shooting is that fair they, they want to make sure that we're on our game and I, I haven't shot yet and there's a reason why I haven't shot yet and I'll tell you in a moment this is why it's humbling and Steve sends a few down range and of course, Steve is not in the, not in the uh, quarter because that would be too easy. Steve's in a, like a dime grouping. And he's like, man, I'm a little off my game because one wandered like a half a millimeter out of, the, out of the middle of the target. And he says, all right, bro, I'm going to spot you. So the whole reason why I'm at the range, I've been locked in my house for a month. I just want to see if my rifle is like on sight. Like I just want to sight it in. And so I'm loading my one bullet into my, into my chamber, and Steve notices. He goes, hey, bro, where's your magazine? And I'm like, I'm missing my magazine. I'm missing all my stuff because it's packed in a box at the house. And I thought, I'm just going to put one bullet in at a time and, and lock it in with the bolt, and I'll shoot it. I'm, I'm here to sight it in so I can shoot five shots and have this thing done. So I get my one bullet in. I'm already humbled because I'm having to explain to Steve why I don't have my magazine in my rifle, but I'm going to shoot it anyway. I send one downrange. Steve's got the binoculars, and I'm like, I'm either so ADD, I can't figure out where the bullet went because I can't pay attention long enough, or, or I just didn't see it, and I said, hey, bro, did you, did you see where that one went? He's like, no, man, <laughs> I didn't see it, and he goes, my guess is you're really high, <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's scary. We're at a rifle range. Thank goodness there's a mountain right there. And I said, all right, I'll send another one. And I try to eject the shell. And that shell isn't going anywhere. I can't even get my bolt out. And I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure I cleaned this gun in the last 12 months. And it took me like five minutes to get one shell out of my gun. And I'm like, back in the old days, I would have been like, Larry, what are you doing? Like, you guys, you guys can make fun of me. This is a terrible guy thing to do, right? Show up unprepared with Steve Sharon, Mr. Dime Group. And can't even get but one shell down the range. So I finally handed the gun to him because he knows more about guns than I do. I said, hey, could you look at this? So he looks at it. He gets the, the cartridge out, the shell out. And he sends one down range too. And I think it's spot on now. It's bullseye. And, but we did notch it down 12 clicks. So he's, he guessed right. He said 12 clicks. And I'm watching Steve, the master marksman, who knows all about guns, and I sit back down. He goes, I wouldn't shoot this gun again today. You might want to clean it. 
And I'm like, got it, you got it. I said, dude, I'm just here to hang out with you guys. And I spent the rest of the time with Mason and Dutch and trying to keep everybody safe. And I say all that to say sometimes we're in these situations where we're forced to humble ourselves. And that's just a lighthearted story, right? The 20-year-old Larry would have been so frustrated that I let myself show up to the gun range unprepared. I probably would have called it off because I couldn't find my magazine to put in the gun. Humble yourself. I get, I get the chance daily to humble myself. Here's a good definition of being humble, right? If you haven't heard this one before, it says to cheerfully put away our agenda for God's. Isn't that timely? Put away my agenda for God's. Like, I love to share this with my kids when they're looking at their futures and their careers. It's like every now and then put away like your plan, what you think you want to do, and just ask God, like, what do you have for me? Right? What do you have for me? At the first of this year, and I'll read 1 Peter 5, 6 in a moment as a reminder, but let me just say, let's put away our minor agendas for God's. And let me just challenge you, just for this first week, just start with the first seven days. For the next seven days, can we just say, God, I want your agenda. Christ, I want you to speak through me, to be in my heart. Let your scripture cut me and encourage me. 1 Peter 5, 6 says it this way. Humble yourselves. Therefore, under God's mighty hand, it's not a weak hand. It's not a confused hand. It's not an accidental hand. It is a purposeful, I've got this, and I know what you're going through. Just trust me. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And I love the words used in this. So cast is a, it's an action. It's a, it's not just a lay down. It's not some weak word. Cast is, is like think of something that takes both hands. Like I've got to cast this thing. Cast your worries. So again, he's not saying you're not going to have worries. If you're worried about this virus, he's saying he understands it. If you're worried about infecting someone else, he says he understands that. If you're worried about whether you can go in the public again, he understands that. If you're worried that other people believe differently than you, he understands that. But he's saying, I don't want you to stay there, and I don't want you to hold on to it, because that's what he's saying, cast, because those things are so burdensome. And us humans, we are terrible at, like, 
We want to carry these things because they make us feel good. They make us feel like we're in control. And he's saying, cast those things. Quit worrying about them. Set them down. Give them to me. Free your hands and your heart so I can sort. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast with all your energy, cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So if you haven't figured it out by now, I sure have. Life isn't about getting everything we want. It's not about everything going our way. Life is not about us controlling things so that we feel safe, so that people do what we want to do. Life is about following Christ and submitting to Him and saying, you've got me, you've got all of me, please use me. Please show me what you'll have me do today. If you're in a humbling season like I have been, let me just, let me just tell you what I've experienced, what I've seen. God will first show you the need that you have, each one of us has. He'll show you our needs. As humans, we like to point out what someone else needs, right? Like that's the first thing we think about. You need to, right? If you want to be successful, you'll, you should do this. If, right, if we're going to do the right thing, we need to do this. Like, no, seek first, humble ourselves. Say, God, what do I need? Right, instead of like picking the speck in your brother's eye, let's focus on the log in our own. He will first show us the need that we have. He will allow us to come to the end of ourselves. He will, and it is a good thing when we are at the end of ourselves. Then he will say, here is your next step. Humble yourself so he could use you. Seeking God first this year means to start with thankfulness, to humble ourselves, and it's not always a fun topic, so thank you for giving me grace in that. And this next one is to just be obedient to what he gives you. Just be obedient. John 14, 21. Actually, John 14, I'm going to read 19 through 21. It says, before long, the world will not see me anymore. He's talking about the resurrection. He says, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit and how Christ lives with us when he, when we, he went back to heaven. Whoever has my commands, this is the obedient part, and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. I don't know about you, but there's nothing that I want more than to see Christ, to actually know I'm walking in His Spirit, to know that I'm walking in truth and His Word, because if I can walk in that, I can walk through this life and be okay when, when I'm not pleasing everybody. 
or be okay when I have to say no, that I'm sorry, that's not something that I believe. And I'm praying, I'm on my knees asking for God to guide me through that. And yes, we need wise counsel. Whoever has my, my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And what are Christ's commands? Follow me, right? And I will make you fishers of men. Go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you again, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ. Surely I will be with you to the very end of the age. He says, love God, love others. This is the greatest commandment. These are the majors. If you're wondering what, when I say let's focus on the majors and not on the minors in this season, and it's not that the minors aren't important, and there's time for us to clarify those, by the way, but let's not elevate the minors over the majors. Whoever has my commands, we have his commands. Who's heard those scriptures before? Right? If you've heard those scriptures before, my question is, are you living them out? If you haven't heard those scriptures before, go tap on the shoulders of someone that just raised their hand and say, I need help leaving them out. Like, could you, could you tell me and teach me what those mean? By the way, that's what, that's what making disciples is. It's sharing these scriptures, very simple scriptures, living them out, and tapping someone on the shoulders and saying, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. That's multiplication. Seeking God first. In this context, what we're talking about today, be thankful be humble, be obedient, right, to the commands. In this last part, be faithful. You know, I, my favorite pastor used to say, when you come in through these doors to this church, we're going to teach from God's word, and it may not always be something you want to hear, but at least it'll be clear, right? At least you won't leave confused. At least you've got the truth from God's word. Let's be faithful to it. Ephesians 3.16 says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you, and this is Paul again, with the power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Does Christ dwell in your hearts because of your faith in Him, in Him alone, does Christ dwell in your heart because you've said, I'm done with these distractions, like I want you and you alone. Does Christ dwell in your heart because you don't let the thoughts of this world influence your mind and your words and your heart and your actions? Christ alone this next seven days, I'm just asking, let it be Christ alone. I am begging, I am imploring, I am commending, I am encouraging in Christ alone. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. 
And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this surpasses knowledge, right? It's wisdom in action. It's not just knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him may be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen so here's the challenge let's give the next seven days to christ let's give him the next seven days let's be thankful let's have thankfulness right let's pray for humility let's pray for obedience in christ's love Let's pray that he increases our faith, right? Even a mustard seed is enough. Even a mustard seed is enough. And let me read this last scripture. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Father, we love you. I am so thankful for your word. I am so thankful that your presence is here with us this morning. God, I am thankful for these trying times. May it drive each of us to our knees. Father, you allow us to reach our end. And I'm thankful that even now, in such a divisive season that you are standing there, you are not confused, you are painting the way, you are calling each of us to you. And as we all take steps towards you in faith and obedience and humility and gratefulness, I thank you that you are what's unifying in Christ alone. Even the disciples we get to see didn't have it right a lot of times, Father, and I'm thankful again that only Christ and He alone may we find the truth in the way. We love you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.